It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. The Wednesday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. P-Man is out today as he is calling ECU softball in NC State. I'm Philip Pilkington filling in for the P-Man. We have a fun show for you today. Coach Kraft, the head men's and women's track and field coach, will join us in segment two to recap the indoor season that just was as well as preview the upcoming season, the outdoor season that gets beginning here in late March, so only about a month away from that. It is a new revamped conference, obviously, for East Carolina, and that brings new challenges, but new opportunities. But we're going to kind of start here with things that are going on in Pirate Athletics. I am joined by my producer, Dom Kosulke. What's up, Dom? What's up, Philip? You get to hear my beautiful voice before you talk to the <laughs> head coach of track. Oh, your voice is beautiful. I'm, I'm glad to hear the voice of the Tarboro River Bandits, I'm Dom ex- Kosalki. I'm excited to do that again this summer. I can't wait. Yeah, when does that start? Is that the weekend of like regionals, roughly, when that gets started? If regionals start on July 1st, then that is when they start. Oh, wow. See, oh, you guys are later this year. See, I feel like last year you were working some in June. Oh, June. Sorry, June 1st. Yeah. I'm stupid. That yeah, is June. when regionals June. start. Yep. <laughs> okay. Got the months mixed up. I'm, I'm a comm major. I'm not smart at all. Well, you're smart. You're just good at English and not math. And and I threw numbers at you, and it and it just confused you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But Dom and I make a good team. I can't spell, but I'm good at math. Dom can't do math, but he can spell. So you know, when Dylan McKay hired us, he did a good job of finding one guy who was good at the other guy's weaknesses. So shout out to Dylan for okay. a good job hiring. Good scouting team over here at IVX Media. <laughs> Heck of a good scouting team. So we are going to start here with Pirate Athletics today. As mentioned, East Carolina playing softball right now. They're 16-1 and on the season. They're hosting the NC State Wolfpack. Their first real true test, unfortunately, down 7 to nothing in the third inning. Um, you know, this Pirate team, shout out to Coach Shane Winkler. They, for the first time in a long time, are really consistently taking care of business against every team that they should take care of business against. So that's good to see. I still think they're not quite at the level to compete with the top, top teams. But as we're seeing it now, is they're, is they're down kind of big to state. But um, I think this is a team that's going to be competitive in almost every conference series this season. Obviously, last night, we know what happened in baseball. Pirates get walked off by the Old Dominion Monarchs. We're going to hit on baseball here in a second, but women's basketball last night loses a heartbreaker in quadruple overtime down in Denton, Texas against the Mean Green of North Texas, 93-91. to Do want to give a shout-out to Danae McNeil, first Pirate since 1980-81 season to score 20 or more in seven straight games. That was Kathy Riley, she did 20 or more in the final seven games of that 80-81 campaign. So congratulations to senior Danae McNeil on that wonderful accomplishment. Another thing going on in Pirate Athletics today, getting started as we speak, the lacrosse team, who is 3-1, is hosting 
Elon today. The lacrosse team's only loss was to Navy. Navy is the number 19 team in the country. This is the first year of the Brittany Dipper era, and uh, she's done a wonderful job with the ladies getting them out to a very impressive three-in-one start. Be sure to check out this lacrosse team. They're not only a very good team, but they play a very tough schedule this year. They're going to have some big opportunities to get some program-defining wins and compete with some teams they haven't been able to compete with well, I'd say haven't been able to beat in the past, but last year they were fully able to compete with the top-tier teams. They went toe-to-toe with some teams even ranked in the top 10 a year ago, still looking for that first big win. But we're going to talk a little pirate baseball. Um, unfortunately, fall to 0-2 in the midweek. This is the thing that kind of hurt the Pirates a year ago, 8-8 eight and eight in midweek contests. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is it kind of – I'm going to sound bad when I say this, but it kind of reminds you when you look at the box score of a Little League lineup. It was like the top five guys really hit the ball well, and it was pretty much over at the bottom of the lineup, which is not something we've seen with this team. I think it was just a, an unfortunate coincidence. I don't think this is something that's you know going to continue to be seen by the Pirates, but unfortunately, uh, the pitching wasn't great. Um, you would like to see a little better, but it's 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 tough with these staff days. But I'm not ready to you know throw in the towel. I think yet when it comes to midweek games, it's they're tough this early season, especially when you're coming off a tough weekend against the Pirates. I got the uh, opportunity to produce it yesterday, so I was getting all the inside scoop from Scooter and Coach O in the breaks. I think there was a way to stream it, but it was on some wacky stream. It wasn't like they were on ESPN Plus or anything. Excuse me, Dom. Did you catch much of the game? And you know, what are kind of your thoughts on this team? You know, they're five and three, two big wins against Carolina. You were there on Sunday, so you can kind of talk about your, you know, what you experienced Sunday. I was back in the studios um, as well as as yesterday. Well, because I wasn't there yesterday, I wasn't blessed yesterday to produce with Scooter and Coach O. <laughs> I was not paying attention too heavily on the game, but I did look at some of the box score and it's just, it seems like our pitching was depleted from the Sunday game and the whole weekend. We had to throw pretty much everybody out there in that yeah. weekend series, which was a big win, a big series win. So I think we're, we're fine. There's nothing to be too, too worried about. Like you said, I was thinking about last year, midweek games was not our strong suit. So hopefully we kind of figure it out in the midweek, but putting out, what was it, five different pitchers in the seventh inning against Carolina on Sunday in that 10-9 to walk-off win, it kind of hurts your bullpen for a midweek game like that, and it, it it showed. Yeah, it definitely did. And that's you know such a tough thing, and I think we're, we'll get into this more um, later in the show after we meet with Coach, Coach Kraft about how we want to see this thing done. But, you know, in college baseball, generally, if you're lucky, you have three starters, and uh, most teams really only have two. And it, it just makes those those midweeks tough. And I think the, the junky thing for ECU is that's where a lot of their RPI boosters come is in that midweek. I mean, obviously we played Carolina this past weekend, but if you look at NC State, you look at Duke, Campbell, who's a top 25 team now, um, those are your midweek games. So, you know, it, it kind of is what it is, but hey, you know, nature of college baseball at the end of the day, make it to the postseason and then uh, and then get hot, and that's what matters. You got plenty of time to figure it out, and we know CG and AK will, as well as Coach Palumbo. So um, moving on, Pirate Basketball in action tomorrow night. You can hear it right here on 94.3 The Game, as well as our sister station, 107.9, 6.30 airtime for that 7 o'clock tip. Dom, how excited are you? First off, 
Have you seen the Pirates host Memphis? I know you're a junior, and they came your freshman year. We won on a buzzer beater. It was a heck of a game. Stormed the court. We didn't hurt anybody like Wake fans like to do. Uh, Dom, were you at that game? I was at that game. I was one of the students that apparently Jay Bylas or Billis or however you say it wants to ban and arrest. <laughs> I don't like that take, by the way, just saying that. I, you know, I feel bad for your man, Kyle, but uh, I was there for that game. That was an exciting game. That was really the first big ECU win that I, I watched. So that was, uh, that was a great win and a fun time. You know, the weird thing right now with Memphis, man, they're, they're probably playing their best basketball that they've played since out of conference. But the reason I'm saying they're playing their best basketball is because they're beating good teams. What gives me hope, and it's not that the Pirates are bad. The Pirates are, you know, at least middle of the pack now. But the good thing, and kind of what gives me hope tomorrow, is they've been playing to their competition. It seems like when they play the teams they should beat, they struggle. And, you know, they've pulled off some big wins, including a win against Charlotte, a very convincing win against Charlotte last week. So... I'm optimistic about tomorrow. Am I am I wrongfully optimistic after the abysmal performance we saw over the weekend? No, you're not because that's the pirate way of doing it. We win <laughs> it a is. few games in a row and then we lose in fashion that we're like, oh my gosh, we're turning the corner. We didn't turn the corner and then we come back and we give everyone hope again. This is the game to give everyone hope again. And you said they beat Charlotte by a big margin. They also beat FAU only by four, but it's still another great in-conference win after they struggled for four games straight and then another two-game skid a little bit after that. Yeah, so tomorrow will be interesting. I'm excited. It kicks off a big weekend here in Greenville. I think the most maybe important weekend of the year when it comes to Greenville. You know, obviously homecoming weekend for football is always big, but there's something special about There's something different in the air when it comes to the Keith LeClaire Classic. Uh, everything that Coach LeClaire meant to this program um, and all the money that gets raised for ALS. So I, I am pumped for this weekend. It's always fun when you host an MTE. I'm looking forward to not only the ECU games, but kind of getting to sit there through some other games. Just got to love college baseball and love baseball in general. Um, you know, this is one of those times where the community comes together a little bit in a different way. Obviously, we're all together when we play Carolina because we, you know, hate that baby blue equally, I think, all together. Same thing when we play State because that red's pretty ugly and, you know, we'd love to see AMAC strike out like four times or something this year. No one likes that blue you're wearing right now on your shirt either, oh. just letting you know. I didn't even think about that. I, I just put a shirt on today. I guess this is real. I would say Duke is not as hated by Pirate fans as much, I feel like, as State and, and Carolina. I mean, don't be wrong. I know a lot of Pirate fans don't like Duke, but, like, when I moved here – the hatred was for State and Carolina. But, Dom, you grew up a Carolina fan. That's why you're saying that. Well, it's also because uh, Duke Duke isn't good at anything but but uh, basketball, so no one cares. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, hey, ba- baseball and No, they, they are. It's just it's yeah. just tough to see. No, they you're, are. Right, you're it, right. I, I'm just butthurt. I, I'm more of an ECU fan, just letting everyone else know that. <laughs> I'm not really a Carolina fan anymore. If ECU plays Carolina in anything, I am diehard ECU. Just putting it out there. There you go. Now, you're right, and that's part of it, but also I think part of it's just the lack of – there hasn't really been a bloodbath hatred game between ECU and Duke – the way there has been the other two programs. Obviously, you know, State got all ticked off when we tore down their goalposts and beat Miami and the Peach Bowl and a bunch of other bad blood with State. Of course, you know, Virginia Tech used to be a rivalry. I mean, I remember, Dom, you were not here yet when we were still playing Virginia Tech. I was, I saw us play Virginia Tech a couple of times, but this wasn't the, in those games were pretty clean, but I remember my dad telling me about like times in the 90s 
early 2000s, like, man, Virginia Tech and ECU used to fight. They used to really not like each, like each other in football. I wish that would come back. And I don't think the hatred for Virginia Tech, like, fell into the other sports because we never, like, played them on the hard court or on the diamond. But if, I would kind of wish we could bring that football series back home and home every year, you know, not home and home every year like the NFL, but, you know, playing them every year and alternating. It'd be fun to have an ACC rival like that. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd love to have some kind of rivalry like that, kind of bring back ECU football in general after last year, have a have a fun fun game, hopefully home game for us so all the ECU fans can be as hostile as possible. Oh, yeah. Well, Pirate fans are always hostile in a good way, especially if you're a right fielder. You know, I know right fielders hate playing here. I think the last right fielder that was probably treated good here is, um, remember a few years ago we played Illinois State, and it was a weekend of the NCAA tournament, the first weekend. And this kid comes out, and the first thing he does is wave at the crowd and, like, introduce himself. And he was like, hey, I'm not whatever the kid's name was. And he was, like, really nice about it. And it was like, hey, every time, every inning I come out here, you guys got to give me the NCAA tournament scores. And we knew we were going to beat Illinois State by, like, 20 runs each time. So I don't think that kid got heckled. But everybody else. Smart way of going about it. He, it he, he must have known what, what happens over there in right field. <laughs> He had heard the horror stories, and it was funny. He would kind of make fun of us because it was so frigid cold that Friday night. And he's like, "Man, I'm from Illinois. This is nothing. This is we we call this summer." And we're like, "Yeah, you know, we're kind of wimps when it comes to the cold. We're like, show up when it's 95, and we'll go for a run and, and see how long you last." And he's like, "Okay, fair enough." So it, it was all in good fun. But um, Dom, have I missed anything? News of the day. I've been keeping up with pirate stuff. Has any breaking news, by the way, softball team now top four, it is nine nothing. So I might flip it over to lacrosse, to be honest. Um, but, uh, Dom, if I miss anything, news of the day, MLB, there's nothing really going on the NFL, NHL, NBA that I need to bring up that nothing, you know of. Nothing just yet. We'll, we'll eventually talk about the Celtics Finals Championship, but <laughs> we can't talk about that just yet. Yeah, hopefully there will be a time when the Celtics are in the finals that Patrick will be out. And you and I can do the show and take up the whole hour. Yeah, 98% of our audience cares nothing about the NBA, and we will ruin all the hard work Patrick has done to get the audience he has. We will probably ruin in one day talking about the Celtics, and Hank will come in here in the middle of the show and say, Never talk about the NBA again. But hey, we'll have a good time until we get yelled at. But. You know, that's not here nor there right now. So we are going to take our first time out here on the Patrick Johnson Show. And on the other side, we will be joined by the head coach of the men's and women's track and field team, Kurt Kraft. Stay with us. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on this Wednesday. Philip Pilkington filling in for the P-Man. We are joined by the head men's and women's track and field coach, Coach Kurt Kraft. How's it going, Coach Kraft? Good. Thank you for having me in, Philip. Hey, thank you for coming. This is this is fun. This is something we don't get to do as often, and we're catching you in a really interesting time of the year, of course, because 
you guys are in that transition period right now from the indoor season, which we were talking about the difference in indoor and outdoor, into the outdoor season, which starts in about a month. I don't know what today's date is. Yeah. I know that the 22nd. season starts on the 23rd, right? Yep, high today, point. Okay, at high point, 23rd and 24th, and today's the 22nd, you said? No, oh, today's so, the 28th. Yeah. Today's the 28th, so less Ooh. than a month. Yes, that's right. I never know what the date is. Yeah. I know date's more future. Yeah. Come to my world. <laughs> it's hard for, when we're in this crossover season between spring and yep. winter sports, and yep. I'm sure you guys and then you've well, got so. men's basketball bleeding yeah. into men's baseball and exactly. softball, and <laughs> you've yeah. got indoor season, and people yeah. are going, what's indoor track? You know, it's got a roof over your head. Yeah. Well, and you, Coach Kraft, if any coach in the history of ECU athletics is good about showing up to other sporting events, it's this man right here. Now, baseball and softball, due to obviously them being on the road a lot, he doesn't get to show up to as much. But he's at every football game, I think almost every basketball game. So uh, have you been able to make it to many well, events lately? you know, I'm a pirate, Philip. And, uh, you know, when you're, um, when you're married and your children are growing and, and your wife is spending a lot of her time in the, in the Pitt County School District and her yeah. building, um, you know, and, and I've got a grandson here in town. But I guess my, uh, you know, my life is all about pirate athletics. So, um, you know, it's, it's good to support everybody. Well, I'm sure they appreciate it. You've been hitting the links. I see you're wearing the golf you know, shirt. I, this is one of my – it is Adidas, so i got to make sure it's Adidas sponsor, There you go, but, yeah. Um, got that off the Adidas website, and I know it's not purple and gold, but it does have, I think, a T with a, uh, a flag. But, so, yeah, I like to go. play once in a while. Yeah. Hey, supporting the Pirate Golf team. Yep. They're, they're, yep. they're having they, – yep. they've been they've Kevin's been a good friend of mine. Kevin's a great coach. Yep. So we're going to start with recapping the out or the indoor season. Gosh, I'm already getting them mixed up. You know, tongue tied. And here we are, 20 minutes into the show, and I'm and I'm blowing it already. But recapping this indoor season, you just had the conference meet this past weekend, um, and and scored well. So, uh, do you want to start with the field or the track? You it know, looks- I, I guess what kind of as people know, we have two programs. We have a yep. men's program and we have a um, a women's program. Two two separate programs. So I think if we, um, you know, talk about the women first and then okay. we can transition to the men. But on the ladies' side, um, as you mentioned, Philip, we ended up uh, with a seventh-place finish. There's 14 teams in our league. All 14 have track and field, just like they do volleyball and men's basketball and women's basketball. And I forget what their sport, but we are one of the sports where every institution sponsors um, indoor track and field on the women's side. So we were seventh. And not that that was satisfying, but it was an upper division finish. Anytime you're in the upper half of this league, um, you can kind of hang your hat on something. But we ended up finishing um, seventh on the women's side, and we ended up finishing with uh, 47 points. We were a point out of, uh, out, of, out of sixth, and we were a point and a half out of fifth, and 10 points out of fourth. So we were close to fourth, and that shouldn't go unnoticed. But on, on the women's side, some of the performances we had – um, Naya Edwards is a sophomore uh, for us. She ended up getting fifth place in the 20-pound weight. Uh, Nadia Faison, uh, one of her teammates, was also uh, right in front of her in the weight. She ended up getting fourth. Nadia also placed third in the shot put. Uh, we got a brand-new sprinter on our team by the name of Talia James that transferred in out of the portal from Murray State. Um, and um, she ended up getting sixth in the 60-meter dash and seventh in the 200 uh, which was very gratifying. A senior on our team that's outstanding, uh, Melissa Muzan. Uh, some people, I don't know if they know where Youngsville, North Carolina is. It's in the Wake Forest area. Um, but she went to Heritage High School, the same high school um, that Jaden Gardner went to yep. many years ago. But Melissa was a conference champ in the 60. She was second place in the 200. She broke her own school record in the 60 and the 200. 
Uh, so that young lady had a phenomenal day and has had a phenomenal indoor season. She's going to be really hard to uh, replace. And then lastly, we had a gal by the name of Sydney McMillan um, that was second place in the 60-meter hurdles. So those five ladies kind of highlighted the, um, the women's side of our seventh-place finish, Philip. Well, that's really great, and it's good to hear all these places as well as the school records. Uh, first off, I'm going to start with Nia Edwards. Yep. I'm glad I can now pull for Nia Edwards. So Nia Edwards went to my rival high school. So huh. in high school, I wasn't able to pull for her, and we have discussed this. We had her on the Subdog Show with the ECU Sports Network and Steve and I go, and it was really good. I've actually met a lot of the people on this list. We've, we've had a handful of your athletes on, but your athletes are very good about showing up when one of their teammates is on. Yes. So I've had, you know, the honor of meeting a lot of so these So you met Naya at Subdogs. I did. And yep. uh, to your rival, you're talking about her Charlotte, um, high, the high yeah. school in Charlotte? Yes, in Cabarrus County in Concord. Yes, because yep. before she was there, she was in Maryland. Yeah, because she's originally from Maryland. That's correct. Yeah. But she went to Central Cabarrus High School, yep. and I do not like the Vikings at all. And because uh, my high school, Hickory Ridge, was, was rivals. But now that she's here, I, I'm... All into pulling for Naya. Wonderful lady. <laughs> she is. Yep. She was very... And she's only a sophomore, That's right? correct. And she was mature beyond years. She's only 19, I think, maybe going on 20. And yep. I thought I was talking to a 25-year-old, yep. as I am with a lot of your athletes. Yeah, but... And, and if for people to know what the 20-pound the weight is, Philip, it's it's a 20-pound ball basically yep. hooked to a short piece of wire okay. with a handle. Yeah. Outdoors, we throw the hammer um, you know, with a long piece of wire on it. Yeah. The men throw the 16-pound hammer and the women throw the 12-pound hammer, but indoor, it's the weight. So there's only two field events, um, or I should say throwing events, yeah. um, for the indoor season. It's a 20-pound weight and the shot put. But then once you get into outdoors, you have the javelin, you have the discus, um, and the hammer, um, and then as well as the shot. So you've got four throwing events outdoors, two indoors. So, in speaking of the difference in the indoor and outdoor, we're talking about Melissa Mozan here. Yep. She broke the 200 meter dash record yep. for the school, which yep. was her, which was previously held by Melissa Mozan. Is there a different school record for indoors opposed to outdoor, or no? Because it's still 200 meters. Um, we have separate records for the indoor season and separate records okay. for the outdoor season. So, um, you know, the the 200 meter indoor record is different than the 200 meter record outdoor. And somebody might say, well, why? Well, because they're two different seasons and two different sports, indoor and outdoor. Um, indoor, you have to run, you know, uh, once around that whole oval for 200, yeah. and you have to run around twice for 400. Um, on an outdoor track, you have to just run one curve for the 200-meter dash. So yeah. outdoors, um, in theory, is a lot easier to run than indoors because of the negotiations of the curve and 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 the the hill if you will and coming yeah. down off the have you seen a 200 meter indoor sure, facility I have, Philip? yes i have the closest one to us would be virginia beach yep. um up in the 757 um, um area code but uh, virginia tech has one in blacksburg uh let's see clemson south carolina yeah. so i don't know if we have flat tracks 200 meter tracks jdl in winston-salem yeah um, has a flat track unc has got a flat track and the eddie smith um, um, uh, field house, but most of the tracks we run on are bank tracks. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing too, 
that could happen outdoors. You could get that little tailwind pushing you for that second 100 meters. You know, you're coming in because you start on the outdoor. You start in the curve for the mm-hmm. 200 meter. And then, or, uh, sorry, should I call it the curve? What should I call it? I'm, I'm probably misspeaking here. The curve? The, the curve, yeah. Yeah, the curve. It's yeah. the curve. Yeah. yeah, and then you finish on the straightaway. On the straightaway. You got that tailwind. You got a 10-mile-an-hour tailwind pushing your little booty down that track. Well, you might have yeah, a little better time than on the indoor. And, and Philip, that's amazing you bring that up because you have what's called wind aid at times. Yeah. Outdoors, if anything over four meters per, you know, whatever it is, you don't qualify for regionals for that. Anything under four, you can qualify for regionals. Um, And then records. To set records, it can be over two, but it's got to be under four for record purposes. There's all kinds of different IAAF and NCA. But people always say, what's the big difference between indoor and outdoor? Well, there's a lot of difference. Indoor, you have no rain, you have no wind, you have no sunshine. Yeah. Um, So the... The elements are perfect, perfect conditions, to your point. Yeah. You get outdoors, now you've got wind to your back, you've got wind to your face, you've got a tailwind, you've got a crosswind. So doing these events outdoors becomes very, very challenging, especially some of the throwing events like with the javelin and the discus. Um, and then, of course, in a 400, you know, you're running with the wind and you're running against, against the it. wind because you're running a, 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 yeah. a, a an, an entire oval. So when you mentioned the, you know, you can only qualify for regional set school with records cer- if the, yep. with a certain win. Now, obviously, that makes 100% sense for throwing events as well as sprinting events. No. Oh, it's not. No, nope. there's no wind-aided okay. hammer. There's, there's no, no wind. There's okay. no tailwind for the hammer. Okay. Uh, there's no tailwind or, or yeah. headwind for the discus. The wind does raise havoc, though, with those events. Yeah. But no, there is no such thing as a wind-aided um, wind aided hammer, hammer, like, oh, yeah. the, the hammer got a tailwind. Yeah. No. Okay. There's not. Now, how does that? So now I get that the wind dated thing works for sprinting. Yep. But say for the 5,000 meter, where you're, does is it count? Because I feel like you're getting just nope. as much headwind as you tailwind. Got it. And also, your buddy Billy would okay. know that, Coach Caldwell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always tell people that you don't get lucky in running a good mile. You don't get yeah. lucky in running a good 800 or a 400. And what I mean by that when I say lucky is that when you're running a 5K or a 10K or an 800 or 400, you're running with the wind and then you're running against the wind. So whatever yeah. you're doing with it, you're running against it. Or, But with the 100 and 200, you have a true tailwind yeah. or a true headwind because it's, you know, the 100-meter dash is um, on the straightaway. So I agree with you with the wind, you don't get lucky. However, you can get lucky with the weather because there is a difference in running a 5K in 95 degrees and 55 and raining because yep. your body's not working as hard to keep itself cool when you it's got 55 it. and a nice little drizzle. That's an ideal yep. 5K weather. Right and that's there. why they run those distance events at the conference championship in those hot weather climates in yep. the evening. When we have it at USF um, in, in Tampa, yeah. we run those um, 10Ks and 5Ks in the evening when the sun goes down. Um, when we were at UCF, they're not in the league anymore, but we have to be very cognizant about when we run those distance events because of humid- humidity and heat. Oh, of course. Of course, the humidity will go up a little bit at night, but still that heat and is, yep. is, is down is a big thing. Yep. So let's move on to to the gentleman here. Yep. As we already talked about the women, and then I got him sidetracked, so I will take yep. I, I will take the blame for that one. We need so- to have you come out and run at our home meet, Philip. And, uh, and time you in the 100. In the 100? Oh. Or the 200. Pick your event. 
Okay, so or Coach g- Billy. G- give me some time. You know, g- give me some time to train. I need that because I've not done any competitive running since a half marathon last year. But when I ran track, I was a distance kid. I had no speed. I have no quickness. I had to fill in one time for the four by four team. We had a player get. We had a guy get mm-hmm. spiked in warm ups. Sure, sure. And other than that, I am not running anything short of an eight hundred. You are not timing me in the hundred. I would. And this was at Hickory. That you this were at Hickory Ridge. Okay. Yes, sir. So yeah. So I will. I would still embarrass myself with such a slow time in the in the eighteen or in the eight hundred meter run or the mile run, the sixteen hundred meter run by now, but it would not be as bad as embarrassing as my one hundred meter dash. I'm not. Well, we'll that. still bring you out there. We'll find uh, you another event. We can find you a field event. Okay, I don't, I'm not. I'm not very strong or athletic, so I'm going. We're just stick to distance. I just need to to train a little bit. So let, let's move on to the gentleman here. They had they had a solid day as well. A couple school records beat here by Royal Burris. I feel like I've said that every time I've ever talked about track. Royal Burris beating a school record because he keeps beating his own school records every year. We talked about it last year. We're talking about it this year. And uh, the men had a solid day as well. Not quite as good as the women, but um, you know that. Some of that has to do with, and we're not going to go long on this, yep. but it's a little tougher to recruit men's track mm-hmm. because of Title IX, which is a great thing. It gives opportunities to women's athletes. But when you're a school that has football that takes away 85 scholarships, a lot of the thing that gets hurt is men's track and men's cross country gets you know kind of neglected in a way because of football. Now, teams that don't have football, UNC Wilmington, for example, maybe has a little more even playing field. Of course, they don't have as much TV money, not as much scholarships. We're not getting into all that. Mm-hmm. But still, a solid day for the men. And let's, you know, anybody you want to highlight here? Yeah, you know, speaking of Royal, you mentioned um, he's up in that Charlotte area. He's from Harding University High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yep. And we recruited him five years ago. This is his fifth year. And you talk about a leader of the men's team. And you know, we're never satisfied. Even when you win a championship, I don't think you ever should be satisfied. Because not. how many times have you heard a coach say, you know, whether it's Nick Saban or John Calabari or whether it's Abo Sweeney, hey, it's not good enough. I mean, that's the first thing Nick Saban will tell you. But on the men's side, we had a, a ninth place finish. And, um, you know, we want to get better, obviously, and we will. But Royal is one of the guys that leads this team. He was third in the 60. He was seventh in the 200. And he is the school record holder in the 300-meter dash. And he's also the school record holder in the 200-meter dash um, outdoors, uh, ran 2020. He was an NCAA qualifier last year in the 100 and 200 for the regionals. And I believe that young man will be at Eugene, Oregon this year after this outdoor conference. Outdoor in the regional, I think he'll be a qualifier. But we were placed, pleased with his uh, two finishes in the 60 and the 200. Terrence Booth is another young man. We take a lot of pride, um, Philip, in North Carolina kids because I think we have to take care of our own backyard first. Of but Terrence Booth is a guy that's right down here um, in Nashville uh, High School, Northern Nash High School. He's from Nashville, North Carolina. Only an hour away. He is a senior in our team, and he was second place in the 60 hurdles at this past championship, and that was his lifetime best of 788. And we're very, very proud of Terrence. And um, he's got another year left. He's got indoor and outdoor at 25. You know, some of these guys red shirt, and then they had that COVID thing. Yeah. So he's still got indoor and outdoor at 25. We got a phenomenal freshman by the name of Carmelo Martin that's from South Carolina. He was the national champion last year in the 60-meter dash for high school kids in the entire country. Um, And he was fourth in the 60. And then last, another guy I think we need to highlight is a kid by the name of Nate Williams. He was fifth in the triple jump. Um, And Nate also is uh, a wonderful young man. Greensboro, North Carolina. Guilford. Northern Guilford High School. So 
we're proud of these North Carolina kids, but that kind of highlights the men. And uh, again, you know, we we're going to get better with our our ninth place finish, but I think this this individual stuff is also important. It is. It's great to see all these things. And coach, can you hold through a break? Because yep. we need to get a commercial break. But yep. I want to talk about. I want to preview the home meet. I want to talk about the spring season. Don't want to just focus on the past, but. Yep. which is good, but continue talking with the future. So with that, we are going to take our second time out here on the Pastor Johnson Show. We are going to be joined, or we're going to be still joined by Coach Kraft on the other side of this time out, so stay with us. Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off, but it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. Welcome back in here to our Wednesday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, Philip here filling in for the P-Man as he is out at softball right now calling that game on ESPN Plus with Courtney Layton. I am joined here by Coach Kraft, the longest tenured coach in ECU right now at your 19th season, right? season. I came 19. here in the fall of 05. Wow. Yep. Fall of 05. So I've been through a lot of different coaches on that yeah. campus, uh, both men and women from different programs to different programs. I was going to tell you how old I was in the fall of 05, but then I thought maybe I shouldn't. We can just we can just call it. Let's hmm. Move on to the next. Yeah. Well, point. Hickory High, Hickory Ridge, right? Hickory Ridge, yes, and sir. What, what year did you graduate? Seventeen. Okay. Well, we can do the math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was seven. Yeah, I turned seven in the summer of 05. Okay. So. <laughs> Anyways, so we've 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 recapped. Yep. The season that was, and it was a very successful season. And I'm looking at the wrong camera. I'm sorry. I, I was looking at the just amateur hour out here. Clearly, well, we got P-Man, a couple of them here. I though. know, but the P man is is out, and they sent the amateur in. And I'm looking at the tight shot, and he's got the wide shot up there. So I apologize to our video audience. Where is really Patrick? Did. He's out at the softball game. Yeah, he, he's okay. he's calling the softball game. So you know, understandable. He's not listening. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's not. But but our viewers are still. He worked so hard to get all these viewers, and sure. I'm gonna mess it up by looking at the wrong darn camera. <laughs> well, I'm here tonight, so we. Yeah. See, maybe Coach Kraft will, will save my <laughs> Bring butt here. Yeah. There you go. So um, we want to look ahead to the season that is coming here in the spring, and a lot of different. Yeah. Yeah. Softball's um, not doing so hot. So maybe if, if after this show, if you want to go catch some sports, lacrosse is playing Elon. Lacrosse is three and one. Brittany Dipper first season doing a wonderful job. Five to five right now. And yeah. that one is Coach Kraft here. So greatly pulls up stat broadcast as I have all my stuff <laughs> off. But um we're gonna look here at the um at the spring season, which begins in twenty er, on March twenty second and twenty third. Now, coach, do you have anyone? And I, I wonder how this works with track because it is two different sports: spring and fall. Yep. And when we go back to that unfortunate fall of nineteen and the spring of twenty twenty, were there any athletes left that maybe got to use of a year of eligibility? there and then covid hit and you didn't have them for this this past okay. winter and their seniors now coming up philip great the, question what spring. we're really asking is when does that get for lack of a better word kind yeah. of flushed out yeah and kind of moved out? is well i'm just wondering does that work is it two totally different sports yes. red shirt and one say yes. you're injured or yes. covid yes. hits or yeah when covid hit um i'll never forget it for as long as i live it and when it hit um, Rudy Gobert, Rudy, yeah. is that? Yeah, the, 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 touch the microphone. Yeah, microphone. Okay, I know yeah. exactly where I was. Exactly where I was. When it hit, um, we were in Albuquerque, New Mexico with Ryan Davis, one of our great All-American weight throwers okay. uh, for the males, yep. for the guys. We're in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It is a, um, we're at practice on Wednesday because we go into practice on Wednesday. And um, actually it was Thursday, I think, it was practice on Thursday, meet Friday, Saturday. But Long story short, Thursday, 
Uh, the Mavericks are playing somebody. Next thing I know, Cuban is out on the phone and they can't the game. Yeah. Da, da, da. Well, that COVID thing. So indoor track of 20, they did not, uh, or basketball, yep. men's basketball, women's basketball. None of those people were COVID people. It all started for the spring sports, the spring of 20 for baseball, for track, softball, lacrosse. So all those kids moving forward got an extra year, okay. but not men's basketball. Uh, football had already had their season in yeah. for the fall of 19. Uh, but I think in 20, because the stadiums were empty, they yeah. ended up yeah, giving it to them. But so for your yep. track athletes, though, they had to use your – do you have any that are seniors now that had already used their their winter eligibility for indoor, but they have one more? They have one available? more. Yep, okay. and that's what we got – uh, Naya Carpenter has an indoor 25, but she doesn't have an outdoor 25. Okay. Micaiah Jarrett's got an indoor 25, but doesn't have an outdoor for, for 25. So okay. we do have a handful of kids that because um, of that COVID, yeah. they have an indoor season, but they don't have an outdoor season. And in 2021, the American Athletic Conference canceled the indoor track and field championships. We were one ah. of very few conferences in America. We didn't even have an indoor championship in 21 indoor. We had an outdoor in 21, okay. but not an indoor. And then cross country, cross country and volleyball, if you remember correctly, we didn't have a fall season of 20. Yeah. They did those volleyballs and cross countries in 21. So Adler That's was crazy. playing volleyball. See, volleyball makes sense, but like cross country, 95% of kids that run cross country are also the distance kids on the track team. Right, but it's their season. It's a separate sport. So we ran the cross country championships in uh, February of 21 in Wichita, Kansas. Wow. That was supposed to be February for February in Kansas? Kansas. And it was snowing. I was going to say, was it two degrees? It, it was snowing and cold. Oh, there my goodness. There was snow coming down. So, I mean, it's better than running 115 degrees. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're running it. You're running a yep. 7K, but yep. but I think know. now we've got this all straightened from moving okay. forward. We're good. This is we're we're getting close to um, okay. having no more COVID type. So, did you, do you have any athletes this year though that did not run this past winter that you will get for the spring? Yes. Okay, you do. Yes. Anybody? Any big names that we should make note of? <sighs> yeah, not trying to sit yeah, down. No, no. Say, I don't want right, to go. No, right. and then no. It's like, <laughs> and 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 it gets so confusing the way it is. But yeah, we do have a handful of kids okay. that that will be this will be their last outdoor season. Okay, sweet, wonderful. So it's good to get them back if they were ineligible because yep. they had used that in the summer or in the winter, excuse me, of 19 into 20. But um, let's talk about the home meet. Yep. So as we mentioned, we'll be at High Point on the 22nd and 23rd of March. It'll be at Raleigh the following week. And then April 5th and 6th. Now, I see, I, I want to ask, yep. who, and this is going to be a bad question because I'm sure there's plenty of listeners that know the answer, who Bill Carson is, why it's the Bill Carson attention. Because when I hear the name Bill Carson, I don't know how many Westerns you watched growing up, but in the good, the bad, and the ugly – the gentleman who knew the name on the grave's name was Bill Carson, and that's the guy they were looking huh. for. The whole remember the have you seen the movie? <sighs> yes. The guy they pull out of the runaway stagecoach that's been shot and's all bloody. Bill Carson. Yeah, that's Bill Carson. And well, when I hear Bill Carson, that's yeah. what I think of. But I'm guessing well, this is not named after the character from the Good, the Bad, no, and the Ugly. No, Bill Carson, Philip. For the listeners that are out there that have been in Pitt County in Eastern North Carolina a lifetime. Bill Carson was a legendary coach here that had been here for 40-plus years. Wow. Um, 
started, I think, in the late 60s, like 1968 or 69, I think was his first year. Yep. And then he retired in, in 2007. But has had a lot of history with that name, a lot of sprinters and relays that have gone to nationals. And But Bill was a legendary coach at East Carolina University for many, many years. And so we decided to name this meet after him in honor of him. His wife still lives in town here. Uh, Bill passed away a number of years ago. God bless him. But we named this meet after him. And, uh, you know, no better guy to name it than, than of him. Course. So that is on April 5th and 6th. His wife always comes out. But we got ourselves. UNCW is here. Uh, Mount Olive is here. NC State is going to send a, spar- a partial squad. And then St. Augs has got a really good Division II yep. uh, track and field team. And what we try to do there, Philip, is we try to keep it fan-friendly. We try to keep it family-friendly. We try to keep it neighborly-friendly. So the Wilmingtons, the Mount Olives, the NC States, uh, the St. Augs. It's easy to come in. Uh, the schedule is very conducive to getting here. Um, you can leave in the morning, of, you know, Friday morning and or Saturday morning and, and, and obviously go up and back if you needed yeah. to. So um, it's always a great time of the year. We honor our seniors that day. Professors can come out and see the students run that, have, that uh, they have in class. The families come here. Um, it, it's a great event. And when the weather cooperates, even better. So, and there's no excuse not to make this event because remember, track and field, it's all day long. Yep. You can go as you come and go and come as you please. Last year, I was there for about two hours throughout the weekend. I wish I could have made more, but we were working and everything. Yep. But I wasn't there for two consecutive hours. I made it when I could. I think I had to work a lacrosse game and I was at, I was at a track and went to lacrosse and then came back and baseball's on the road. So no excuses. Yep. Softball is home. Softball is home. But hey, you know what? The great thing about softball, it's right there in between innings, even if you go over and watch a couple of events. And you then the it. softball game Pre- only lasts like two hours. Mm-hmm. So you you will be able to catch. I'm sure softball will start at like noon or mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. And you can catch some of these events prior to softball in the mornings. And then after, after softball, softball yep. as it's well. Good. Now, what events do you, do you is it kind of the same every year as what events are on Friday yes. as opposed to Saturday and how good are y'all at staying on schedule last year I feel like we got a little ahead of schedule on Saturday we did a boy you got a good memory Philip we did a running uh, um, a rolling schedule on on Saturday I don't know if you remember but we had some rain in the area yep. it was the temperature was beautiful it was in it the was. 70 degree but yep. we had some thunderstorms and rain in the area but it ended up raining for about 10 or 15 minutes we were trying to beat the rain so we went to a rolling time schedule okay. and we just shot the gun i mean it went fast and rolled but on friday we have the three long throwing events the javelin the discus and the hammer and we do that from a safety aspect those are thrown on friday and then on saturday um we get going around 12 12 30 and we're out of there around 4 or 4 30 so it's about a four to five hour window um, but it's amazing. You said it's kind of an all-day thing. Of course. I refer to it as a smorgasbord. When you go to a buffet, you can pick and choose the food that you want at that buffet. And that's kind of what yeah. track is. If you want to watch the discus, if you want to watch the hurdles, go over the long jump, if you want to watch the javelin. So there's a lot of entertainment that's provided within this yeah, time window. Of course. And now, will, the, will fans be able to find the schedule for this? So, because yeah, say, yep. say I really want to watch the 100 meter dash. Absolutely. You know, at what a, time is that? Yep. It, if you go to the ECU website under the track and field website, the schedule is already um, listed there. With the, Yep. Perfect. Perfect. And hopefully, we won't have that rain issue last year. It actually worked out for me last year. There was something I had going on later in the afternoon, work thing. 
and it worked out between the lacrosse game That's I had correct. and between whatever I had. I probably had to come back here and produce a baseball game or something where I wanted to see some of the better sprinting events, and it worked out. They got bumped up and because of that rolling start. And, yep. uh, actually and I don't remember seen. if softball was home, but I know lacrosse was, but I'm yeah, not sure I don't softball think was softball home. was, but I, it's all the years run together. No you know, kidding. You know, in, in spring, there's there's so many sports going on. So um, And now, obviously, as, as Coach mentioned, the um, – the AAC will be on May 10th through the 12th. San Antonio. That's going to be in San Antonio, Texas, as UTSA, a new member of the conference, will host that. And then the East Preliminary will be May 22nd through the 25th. And then we're hoping in Eugene, Oregon, to have as many athletes Beautiful. as possible June 5th through the 8th. It's so great. They have such a wonderful facility there. They host nationals every year. Of course, they've got that Nike money because of Phil Knight being the CEO of Nike and founder of Nike. And he went to Oregon. That's why they got all the cool football jerseys but he puts on a, a wonderful event there and as um you know as we mentioned the new teams in the conference here we're, we're, we're running close on time yep. but when it hits something that utsa is one of the new members this conference is growing and is is it growing for the better in track because i think we, we didn't ah, i forgot to mention some of the distance runners that didn't place but we had i think five distance runners break their personal records and they were records yep. that if they would have ran them last year at the indoor conference meet, they would have placed. Yep. But this conference is is yep. just increasing, getting so much better every year. I better year. hit on that for Coach Billy Caldwell. Yeah, I, I don't want to have As it. I talked, I so, had dinner with Coach yes, Caldwell last yes, night, and I don't want to Coach him Billy at me. does a wonderful <laughs> does. job. But a lady by the name of Melissa Zach uh, ran a uh, number two all time ECU. Uh, PR of 16.53 in the 5K. Her counterpart, uh, Colin McCulley, is number si- uh, seven all-time ECU. He ended up running 14.53 in the 5K. That was on Friday. And then on Saturday, Alyssa Zach um, ran another PR in the 3K, 9.45. And her teammate, um, Navaya Zales, also ran it, uh, a PR of 10.14. And then lastly, Colin. So Colin had two PRs, 5K, 3K. Alyssa Zach had two PRs in the 5K and 3K. Um, and then Navaya Zales had a, um, a, a, a PR too. And the distance medley relay on the women's side also ended up scoring. The women got eighth. So Coach Billy's doing a great job, as all those assistants are doing for me. Um, but Billy is, he is passionate. Now, he Phillip, is. Man, he is. I tell you what, like, Billy. I know. It's, he, you know, I love his passion because I will tell you this, Coach. When we're yes, at sir. dinner. Yep. So many times he goes away to take a call that's a recruit yes. that's coming up, yes. and he's doing a wonderful yes. job recruiting pr- and is yes. fully vested yep. in your yep. program. Yep. So such Great a wonderful hire. hire. Yeah. Went to Pittsburgh, yep. uh, coached at Bobby Moe. They call it of Bobby Moe, yeah. Robert Morris. Yeah. And then I found him, and, and so he is completing his second year here and has done a wonderful job of uh, developing those kids and, and uh, instilling passion. Yep, he is. So we have to get our final time out or I'm going to run run out of time here. So thank you for joining us, Coach Kraft. Wish we could go a little longer and, and talk more about the conference, but unfortunately, they only give me an hour. So. Yep, and uh, it looks like uh, the P-Man's not uh, giving us any luck out there today. You know, he's not. The, Come on, P-Man. the softball field. It's, yeah, uh, it's a rough day. But hey, they're 16-1. Yep. and one. You, you, you can't win them all. Yep. All right, stay with us. We'll be right back to wrap up the show. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Back into the Patrick Johnson Show as we wrap it up here on a Wednesday. I want to thank the P-Man for letting me fill in. Thanks to Dom behind the glass. 
and Coach Kraft for joining us. P-Man will be back tomorrow as we get set. We will be previewing the basketball game, tomorrow night's big Memphis game with Cy Seymour. We will also be joined excuse me, by Mike Mullis, and we'll be previewing the Keith LeClaire Classic. All the boys will be wearing 23 this weekend in honor of Coach LeClaire. It should be a wonderful event. Cal State Fullerton will be here, southeastern Louisiana as well as Purdue. Seems like we have a Big Ten team every year. It's wonderful that we can get those Power Five teams to come in. Last year, Indiana was here. year before that, uh, Michigan and Maryland were here, if, if my memory serves me correctly. Also had Ole Miss here a few years ago. I remember that one being a cold one. Um, so be sure to uh, come out to the track or to baseball as well as on April I had it here. Sorry, April 5th and 6th. Be sure to come out to the Bill Carson Invitational and support the track team. So we want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. Like I said, P-Man will be back tomorrow. No show again on Friday due to that baseball game starting at 4.30. It'll be a 4.15 airtime with Scooter and Coach O. So thank you for being with us and uh, hopefully make it out to the basketball game tomorrow night big opportunity for Mike Schwartz's team if they can shoot the way they did during that three game win streak they can stand a chance to upset Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers if they play like they did against Rice well let's just be honest it could be a long one but I have faith in Coach Schwartz I have faith in our guys I think RJ will have a big game as long as uh, Jaden is, is running the point and, and dishing it out to Ezra, RJ, BJ. We, we, sh- we should be in a good spot. So thank you for uh, joining us, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow here on The Patrick Johnson Show. Mm-hmm.